You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge crash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have front row seats to all the actions. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every day and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Alrighty, and welcome to episode nine of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And it is the return of the king. After two episodes solo, I have finally been rejoined by my trusty companion, Kyle. Welcome back, Kyle. We missed you. Howdy, folks. Sorry for being gone. I was very busy. Well, it's it's understandable. I mean, obviously, you are uh, residing in Champa Bay. So, uh, you know, you obviously were hung over for the full week after that incredible victory. So before we get to any hockey, congratulations, obviously. Wow, they are in are in order. Obviously, you did a bunch to help, you know, the Bucks win. You personally. Of course. No, but but seriously, though, I'm obviously Tampa with the Stanley Cup the almost world series and then the super bowl tom brady so i mean uh what was what was the city like i guess uh, i was absolutely bonkers dude well so also to add to the champa bay the uh the rowdies won their semifinals, so they were conference champions too that's cool news soccer news the city was just ridiculous dude it was nuts the i mean People on top of street signs. Tom Brady was absolutely blasted. Somebody lobbing the him Super Bowl, boat. lobbing the Super Bowl from boat to boat. Like exactly, it was nuts. It was great. It's funny. I've been seeing all these memes comparing like New England parades where where Tom is sitting next to Giselle all nice, wearing like a button up and and sitting very proper, like a black or gray, like very neutral tone, very stone cold. And then he shows up to Tampa and he's on a boat getting blasted with a supermodel wife on he's, his he's already rocking, he's already rocking the tampa fashion he's got the flip-flops yeah. the board shorts the vineyard vines and the backwards hat and like yeah and that that drunken sunburnt wobble like it's yeah it's textbook florida yeah after he got off his his 40 foot yacht not a big deal well I, so obviously obviously that is 
the the reason you weren't able to join us, you you were sleeping off that incredible Not victory right. that victory hangover for the full week. So uh, we'll give you a pass this time. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, however, the Edmonton Oilers were doing a little bit of winning themselves uh, since you've been gone. Um, they've gone on yet another three game win streak here. Uh, beating the Montreal Canadiens in uh, this last one. I talked about it and I predicted last week uh, that Smith would probably start in net versus the Canadians. And I um, am a very smart hockey guy, obviously, because Smith got, got the start. And then he pitched the shutout in one of the most solid games the Edmonton Oilers have played all season. It feels like every other, every couple episodes here, you know, we, we play our, our most solid game of the season. So, you know, I, I definitely like we're seeing that incremental increase. And I think the biggest thing that is really helping the Oilers, you know, propel to uh, higher heights is and we've been asking for this because we knew that this is what the team was myth- missing is the depth scoring Jujar Kara has scored a couple more goals here uh, yeah. in it the defense has chipped in a ton of goals we're now first in the NHL in goals from defensemen so uh, we're getting a lot of different scoring from a lot of areas and it was a really encouraging game on on uh, Wednesday versus the Habs. Yeah, definitely a good showing. Uh, like to see Kara chipping in more. You know, he was pretty low on the totem pole uh, coming into the season, I'd say, because they were looking for guys to kind of take over his uh, centerman spot there. But he's popping off. He's showing up. You know, he's, he's got a few goals, but he's putting up a couple assists too. So nice point sheet for him so far because defense pushing really good so what what makes obviously you you've played defense defense for quite a while what like obviously a couple of darnell nurse's goals and his goal in this one was a fluky goal right he shot on that it was a save it rattled around and then ended up back in the net right but yeah good to be lucky lucky to be good and all that stuff so like what contributes to like that added offense from the the defense because obviously Clefbaum was out no one would have suspected the Oilers at this point in the season would be number one in defensive scoring so there's a few defensemen on the Oilers that are uh, fairly offensive defensemen I'd say like like Tyson Berry is a pretty offensive defenseman he's just a winger that plays defense is what I like to call him but I mean you know Nurse is stepping up in a big way he's kind of pushing the rush so so it's it's nice to see those guys push up with the rush. Like when it, when there's a two or three guy rush and the defenseman pulls up high, that's perfect. But I mean, there's also these goals are coming set up as well. So pretty much when they're set up, like in the zone, just possession goals are throw it to the front of the net. They're doing their job. So throw it to the front of the net. And really they're hoping for a tip. You, you throw it on net, like, Hey, maybe it'll go through and you're hoping for a tip, but if it goes, it goes, you know? And so sometimes that, that helps with the screens in front and whatnot, but yeah, the, unless defense, the defense this year definitely has a shooting mentality this year. They definitely yeah. aren't afraid to just, just lob it on net. And I don't know if that's because like you said, we've got maybe a little bit more offensive minded defensemen, right? Like Tyson Berry is going to probably defer to just throw it on net. Most of the time I say Bouchard is probably even in that category of just get yeah. the puck on net sort of thing. And I think that sort of, just put it on net from the defense mindset probably is contagious at some point. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you see other guys doing it and it's working, jump on the train, you know what I mean? I think as a guy who's played uh, defense and that net front position in a lot of power play situations, throwing it low towards the net is your best friend at the point. I mean, once you, if you have it, if there's room and you see a hole, throw it low towards the net. 
If it bounces off a pad, there's a rebound. If it gets deflected, it goes a different way. The goalie doesn't see it. And then if the goalie can't see it at all, it goes in. So, you know, those, those are, it's a win-win either way. So the Oilers then improve to a record of nine and seven. Um, they are currently still third in the division and we're starting to see the division. I'd say, form up a little bit obviously right like it's going to take a little bit for teams to start to settle where they're going to sit a little bit um we're starting to see that the toronto maple leafs are unfortunately starting to run away with the division a little bit here and then the canadians and the oilers are have gotten a lot closer in recent weeks and then below that it's uh, a lot of sort of i'm not really sure who's going to emerge i mean the flames are obviously on top of that sort of bottom tier of of North division teams right now. I it's, it's pretty much anyone's game between them, the jets and the, the Canucks. So the Canucks are still in a bit of a free fall right now. And so I guess the Oilers are about a quarter of the season through here. They're sitting at third, nine and seven, probably not where they would want to be, but do you think they should be happy with uh, where they're sitting right now, a quarter of the way through? I think only sitting behind those two teams, Toronto and Montreal, who have honestly played fairly well throughout the season so far. Obviously, like you said, Toronto's kind of running away with it. And we kind of expect Montreal to have a good season with their defensive core and a couple added offensive guys. So I think to be only sitting behind them and and closing the gap fairly quickly with those uh, couple of pieced together three uh, win streaks, I think I think you're excited to see where the rest of the season goes because you know obviously everybody always wants to be number one but in a realistic standpoint that's a pretty good spot there yeah and then you know make it to the playoffs you never know what's going to happen right that that, exactly. that, old, that old adage obviously then looking ahead uh for this coming week we've got two more games coming up between uh this episode and the next episode they're both versus the winnipeg jets uh the first one is going to be on monday and then they play them again on this coming wednesday the oilers right now are currently one and one with them in the season series they won the first game in a four to three with that really exciting buzzer beater early in the season and then they had one of their most disappointing losses of the season to Winnipeg um, where they had a two goal lead and then they blew in the third period and they lose 6-4. There's been a pretty decent gap for both of these teams in between um, when what they were when we played them and now the last time we played them they didn't have line a or Pierre-Luc Dubois Um, now they have Pierre-Luc Dubois in their lineup I haven't seen too much from him yet so far in their games that they have played Um, but he's always a threat when he's on the ice and the Oilers I'd say are just playing a better team game in general I'm not expecting the exact same results from this one uh, at least for the game on Monday because that second game is always the adjustment game so what do you expect from the first Winnipeg game? Are we giving predictions or just kind of general? Uh, just your general thought, and then and then and then we'll get to the prediction. I wh- okay. like what what do you expect to happen, and then and then you can give me a score at the end. Uh, you know, like you said, there's uh, some definitely some changes for each team. You know, the Oilers are on the up and up, pushing pretty hard. Still, on, right now they're on. It's a three-game win streak, right? Right, mm-hmm. we're on the yep, third, three game. Third, three game. Boys love it when you're on a win streak. Just kind of keep pushing, just to keep those numbers alive. But also the adage of Pierre Luc Dubois, even though, like you said, I, I haven't seen much from him either. Not that he's not doing anything. I just haven't seen anything spectacular. An added star power threat. I think it'll be a good game, pretty evenly matched. I'd say. You know, I think both of those games were actually fairly evenly matched both the games that you were mentioning the buzzer beater obviously that's about as close as it can get and then um the oilers were were pushing pretty hard until the third period and some just 
crash there at the, on that other game. So I think it's a, I think it'll be a, a pretty even game. And then, you know, as you mentioned, the second game is always the adjustment game. So uh, I've seen a lot of teams, a lot of coach mentality saying that, you know, you're not coaching for one game, you're coaching for a series. So you're playing two, two games in a row. You're not coaching three periods, you're coaching six. So if you're down in the first game, you're down four goals in the third period. They're like, ah, it doesn't matter. You have to set yourself up for the next game. So, you know, it, it's always close, mainly for that reason. So that being said, uh, what do you think the score then will be for game one? I'll give a 3-2 Oilers regulation win. 3-2 regulation win. Uh, you want to throw any caveats in there for some go for some extra points? Because the last time that uh, me and you did this, we got – both of us got no points. Yes, uh, last, we, we did the we did it. We predicted yeah. the uh flames the game, of Alberta game and it yeah. did not yeah. go as planned. No, it went drastically wrong. <laughs> you're, you're, you're lucky I, I want to, but I don't have been playing now. by myself here because I'd have a I much know. bigger lead if, if we'd been counting these last few. Exactly. I would love to. I just don't really have anything off offhand, anything wild at least. You know, I don't want to throw any like easy moderate ones. Yeah, and, yeah, no, no gotta problem. be something crazy. The Oilers have yet to, uh, I think they've won one game in, in overtime, but I think that's the only extra time they've played so far. Um, so I think uh, this one's probably maybe, we're maybe due for some extra time here. So I'll say, uh, I'll, I'll go for a, a 5-4. It'll be a high scoring game, 5-4 OT win. All right, all right. Uh, and then looking ahead to the second game, like we were saying, the, the adjustment game. This is normally when we see the other goalie as well. Um, some of the taxi squad guys uh, get in there. Uh, you know, second game, second game, I'll predict. We'll say 3-1 win. What do you got for me for, for game two? I'll go with you on that one. I'll go with you on that one. Joining me on the 3-1 win? I'll double you up, yeah. Alrighty. In, in for a penny, in for a pound. I love it. I love it. We're going to take a quick break here and we will be right back. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I... heated because of what, what you're telling me, because I, I do not want to live in a world, <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac, macaroni, as you call it. It's a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If you crack ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc every week. And we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. 
This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. Alrighty, and we are back. And before we get to our final segment, I think we should take a little bit of a look around the league. Uh, no big headliner news to talk about. Obviously, I talked about the Pittsburgh uh, GM stuff last episode. Um, the only real news that we've got this episode is that obviously COVID is still here. And the um, NHL is still sort of fluctuating with it. We're starting to see, obviously, Dallas started their season late, but we're finally, we're starting to see that um, a couple of these American teams are starting to, entire teams get knocked out and, and lose games. Um, from an Oilers standpoint, Pugliarvi was out for a game against Montreal for COVID precautions. He's been taken off the list. He's fine. He'll be able to play in the Monday game versus Winnipeg. Some other stars that have been out are like Stamkos uh, and that sort of stuff. Stuff. So it's been interesting to, to watch how the NHL reacts to it and that sort of stuff. Um, I've seen a lot of people get a lot, get sort of freaked out and sort of stuff like, oh, teams are starting to drop out. It's only a matter of time till they got to call it and that sort of stuff. And listen, the NFL and NBA and all that stuff have been able to finish their season, right? They've all done it. They've gotten through, you know, the struggles of having to push games back and that sort of stuff. So I don't think it's really going to, like I think we'll be able to, to finish the season it's just you know it's it's just the the new norm we live in to watch you know uh, the teams teams uh games be delayed and that sort of stuff so not a ton of news but uh just just some more stuff to think about there by no means do I think they're gonna call it it, it would have to get drastically worse for them to go to those lengths but I think I think there is definitely going to be a lot of shuffling with games and you know, uh, teams are probably going to have to play a lot more back-to-backs and maybe even a couple three-in-a-rows kind of deal just, um, you know, when they're shifting games around. And the, and the taxi squad edition has been very interesting watching teams, um, you know, right? You, don't, you Sometimes you don't see changes to, like, people coming in and out of lineups sometimes for three or four games, right? The coaches will yeah. have. But now you're seeing that there's at least one or two, maybe even three guys every game for every team that's that's different in the lineup. I think it's great for those guys. So so I think there's a lot of speculation at the beginning of the season to how that taxi squad deal was going to go. You know, would it be better for those guys to, you know, were those guys getting screwed out of time because now they're not playing in the AHL, so they're not getting their, you know, usual reps. But I think it's good for some of these guys that, are kind of on like the very edge of the bubble are getting a lot of time in the NHL that they wouldn't usually get because they weren't so easily accessible. You know, I think there's these guys that are getting lucky and, you know, obviously they don't want to see anybody get hurt or, you know, get sick or get the COVID or anything, but I think they're eating the opportunities and opportunity is where you go. You know, that that's, that's where you get your start is just a little opportunity. Tom Brady, he started, he started, uh, he came into a game because his starting quarterback got injured. Now he wins seven Super Bowls. That's gross. That's opportunities, baby. Opportunity. All right. And so we are going to get to our final segment of the episode, then our play of the episode. It's been a couple episodes because I only like to do them when you're here, Kyle, get a little bit of diversity here. So obviously we've missed you, buddy. So we will let you kick us off. What was your play of the episode? Roslovic? on the jackets had the grossest move between the leg in between two defensemen razzle dazzle. Wow. I've done this move in many a pickup game and 
always mess it up. But to do it at full speed in stride between two NHL defensemen, mind blowing, absolutely eye popping. And at this point, Rosalik by himself has made the trade worth it for the Jackets. Like he's played extremely well since being traded. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, obviously, you you saw uh, you know Line A had gotten uh, sat there for a hot second in, in one of those games. But, if you um, uh, if you go and listen to last episode, I actually... I, uh, I, un- I understand that. I was piecing on it, saying... Well, well uh, as folks, I said, if you don't know you what, what, what Kyle is talking about, you can listen to that last episode. If you go listen to episode eight of the Rig Rats podcast, a uh, little shameless plug here, you will hear me talk about uh, what is going on with John Tortorella and Patrick Line. But continue, Kyle. Sorry. Sorry, folks. My bad. But obviously, as you had mentioned, you know, Line has been sat, but, but he understands now. And I think so. I think you're right that the trade was good because Rosovic was playing gross as well. Well, I mean, you, you, uh, I listened to an interview with um, Yarmo Kekalainen, the GM of the Jackets, and mm-hmm. he was saying that obviously the Line A deal, and we talked about this, was never a one for one. It was never Dubois right. for Line A one for one. Rosovic yeah. was always a part of it. So he obviously, Rosovic's always been a decent player, even when uh, I talked to some of my Winnipeg buddies, they, they've always liked him as a player. And I think that the Jackets really saw something, saw something there. And it's, it's paying off right now. It's, it's showing up once again, opportunities. You give a guy an opportunity to shine. If he's got it there, he's going to show you. And I think Rosovic's, Rosovic's showing up. So then my play of the episode is going to be another razzle-dazzle play as well. This one, however, is going to alternate universe uh, Edmonton Oilers draft pick Matt Barzell just undressing some Pittsburgh Penguins defenders and then finishing far side bar down. Just a just a gross move. Basically shatters the defenseman's ankles. And anytime I watch Barzell just, you know, do that one, obviously incredible move. But then I just get really sad because I remember the Oilers traded the pick that they could have used to get Barzell for, I believe, Sam Reinhart. So yep. it just it just makes me really, really sad when when I see that. But Matt Barzell uh, with an absolute just undressing of the defenseman obviously we will probably see more highlights from him his his skating and all that it, it, it just reminds me of mcdavid so much and i just i wish we could have seen them together thanks shirelli love just love to see him put one upstairs where mama hides the cookies where mama hides where dad the cookies. puts the good bourbon <laughs> i mean you know what they say about it. It doesn't count if you don't go bar down. So, I mean, that one definitely will count. And this episode is going to count uh, because it is a good one. However, we are going to call it a wraps there for this episode, folks. Uh, we're definitely getting these episodes a little shorter. Uh, no more 50-minute you know, odysseys, at least not for the moment. However, thank you very much for listening. And Kyle, obviously, if these predictions come true, we are going to ask you about them on the next show. And I'll if, be you guys, there, I if you guys want to chirp us on Twitter for our bad takes, you can. That is going to be at the rig underscore rats on Twitter. If you want to keep track of all of the awesome other content we have at the Hockey Podcast Network and all of the other cool um competitions and giveaways we do you can follow the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey pod net on twitter as well and then be sure to like share subscribe download leave a review on apple's podcast spotify soundcloud wherever you guys listen to your podcast it helps out a great deal kyle it has been an absolute pleasure let's go oilers (laughs) 